0: This episode of Christmas Past discusses Santa Claus and Mrs. Santa Claus, but not in a way that younger listeners could appreciate. So, if there are little ones within earshot, either save this one for later or put in your headphones now. Thanks. In 1849, a missionary from Philadelphia named John Rees published a short story called A Christmas Legend. It's the story of a poor family, a couple and their two children, confronting the fact that they're too poor to pay the rent that's due tomorrow, on Christmas Day, let alone have anything like a Christmas celebration, even a meager one. There comes an unexpected knock at the door. It's an elderly couple saying that they're too weary to continue traveling to the city two miles away. The family invites them in and offers them what little food they have to share and a place to sleep for the night. The next morning, the children wake up to discover unexpected Christmas gifts. The parents figured it was the elderly couple's doing, and when they went to wake them up, it turned out they weren't an elderly couple after all. In fact, they turn out to be the parents' long-lost older daughter and her husband. they disguised themselves the night before, all as part of an elaborate surprise. The daughter says, Recollect that it is Christmas morn, and we now appear not as old Santa Claus and his wife, but as we are, the mere actors of this pleasing farce. To which many readers in 1849 no doubt said something to the effect of, Hang on, back it up a sec. Santa Claus has a wife? Because as far as anyone can tell, John Reese's short story, though largely forgotten these days, was the very first published mention of there being a Mrs. Santa Claus. Some people have suggested that even the historical St. Nicholas would have been permitted to marry, because the first decree requiring clergy to remain celibate came about well after he'd reached the common marrying age of his day. But that's a whole separate discussion. The point is that there's no reason to assume that Santa Claus wouldn't or couldn't be married. It's just that no one ever brought it up before. And whether he meant to or not, John Rhys added a new, and enduring, and surprisingly complex piece to the legend of Santa Claus and Christmas itself. A character with no backstory, no description, no name even. Just who is Mrs. Santa Claus? A token character, always destined to play second fiddle? A grandmotherly figure baking cookies? The Queen of Christmas? The CEO of the North Pole? These and many more are all things she's been depicted as over the years. And that's what happens when you create a legend out of thin air and don't provide any details. Mrs. Claus, for all of her innocuous wholesomeness, is the story of a legend that's been writing itself and continues to be written for more than hundred and seventy years. I'm Brian Earle. This is Christmas Past. Let's find the introduction of Mrs. Claus along a larger Christmas timeline. 1823, A Visit from St. Nicholas is published on Christmas Eve in a New York newspaper. 1843. Charles Dickens publishes A Christmas Carol. 1848. The Illustrated London News publishes an engraving showing Queen Victoria and Prince Albert standing with their family around a Christmas tree, a tradition mostly unknown in England and America at that time. 1863. The first of Thomas Nast's influential Santa Claus illustrations appeared in Harper's Weekly. In other words, her introduction in 1849 came pretty much right in the middle of an intense growth period for Christmas, a span of just a few decades that can claim to have produced much of what we recognize as Christmas today. And yet, what do we really know about Mrs. Claus?
1: She is an enigma. She really is.
0: That's Deanna Golden. She's been portraying Mrs. Claus professionally since 2015 and is a member of the nonprofit group iBurbs, a professional group supporting Christmas performers. In fact, when Mrs. Claus was introduced to the world, the only real details supplied were a. that she existed at all, and b. that apparently she's elderly, like Santa Claus. In John Reese's story, she isn't even referred to as Mrs. Claus, but rather simply as his wife. And things have actually branched out from there over the years. We're
1: all portraying this partner of Santa, whether we're Santa's wife or sister or niece. You know, those those are some of the relationships that some have chosen.
0: But it is generally understood that she's Santa's wife. And that actually raises more questions than it answers. Like, for example, how old is she? Is she immortal like Santa? Does she have magic powers?
1: The consensus there is that Mrs. Claus is definitely human, and Santa has gifted her with his magic powers. People ask, well, how old is Mrs. Claus compared to how old is Santa Claus? A lot of Mrs. Clauses will put their age based on being born in the early to mid-1800s.
0: And while her husband is known by many names, chris Kringle, St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, even sometimes Father Christmas, though that's really a different character, the best we've settled on for Mrs. Claus is, well, just Mrs. Claus. Though there have been some attempts to give her a first name.
1: There are some articles out there where she's been, her name is is Gretchen or her name is Jessica. And many Mrs. Clauses have adopted those names as their character's name.
0: And though it's pretty well known what Santa's main job is, Mrs. Clauses' job, or even whether she has one at all, has also been subject to invention. She's often shown baking cookies, managing the staff of elves, maintaining the naughty list... The few consistent things about Mrs. Claus are, first of all, she's generally understood to be a kindly, grandmotherly kind of figure. And second of all, just like her husband, her legend is being written in real time and will likely never reach its final form. And that constant evolution is driven by various shifts in culture, the entertainment and publishing industries, and people like Deanna Golden.
1: It's an interesting evolution, it really is. She is a mysterious character. And that's the beauty, and when we talk to all of the Mrs. Clauses who are out there, it's the beauty of it because we're creating our history as we go. One of my dear friends, she and her husband are Renaissance Santas. There are other Mrs. Clauses who are very modern. It runs the the full spectrum.
0: And certainly, the way that we think of Mrs. Claus and her role and overall presence in the world of Christmas continues to change with the times. For much of her history, she's been portrayed as basically a housewife and fulfilling that cliche about there being a great woman behind every great man. But some contemporary interpretations suggest she's a feminist icon, a figure of quiet strength and power, the one who really pulls the strings to make Christmas happen. Then again, maybe she just is who she is. I think we'll
1: always see Santa as the one driving the sleigh on Christmas Eve. That's, that's the, the history, that's the tradition, and that's the beauty of, of those traditions, that some things are are unchanged. Mrs. Claus doesn't have to be acknowledged as an equal part in delivering presents to be a valued character. She's uh, got her feet propped up on Christmas Eve. She's got a good cup of hot cocoa and her feet propped up, and she's going to watch a Hallmark movie. You
0: think you know but you don't know. You think you know it, but you don't at all. Give it up, give it up. Give it
1: up, give it up to the misses. Give it up, give it up. Give it up, give it up, queen of Christmas. You think you know it, but you don't at all. Let's get real one more time for Christmas
0: And now for a Christmas memory. If you've been following the season so far, you'll know that the Christmas memories work just a little different this year, and that's because I'm recording most of these episodes in the summer, when it's still too early to ask you to send them. I'm doing that because come November, we'll be welcoming a new member to the Christmas Past family and to the household here at Christmas Past headquarters. So in many of these episodes, the Christmas memories you hear will be from yours truly. And even though the season is winding down, I want to make sure that you understand that I still want to include your Christmas memories this season. There's still time to send one, and there's still a place to include them in the episodes that will come out in the coming days. So as always, the thing to do is record a voice memo into your phone and send it to christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Try to keep it reasonably short, clean, and family-friendly, and be sure to say your name and where you're from. Now, we've all had that experience of receiving a Christmas gift that we didn't really care for. In fact, it happens nearly every year, and it starts at a young age. A pair of socks from an aunt, something from a grandparent who doesn't quite understand your tastes, some generic secret Santa gift. We learn pretty quickly to feign excitement or at least express cursory gratitude, but that doesn't always go according to plan. Like this one Christmas morning sometime in the 90s when I was in my late teens. My mom handed me and each of my four siblings a gift of about the same size and shape. And she said, this gift is the same for each of you, so I want you all to open them at the same time. Okay, one, two, three, and we all unwrapped our gifts. And we all looked at what we unwrapped, and then we all looked at each other in confusion, and then we simultaneously burst out laughing. Like uncontrollable laughter where you feel like you can't breathe. Because my mom had gotten each of us a tie-dye t-shirt emblazoned with the face of a different Disney cartoon character. I think mine was Donald Duck. And my first reaction was to wonder who thought Disney and tie-dye went together in the first place. Then my second reaction was to wonder what my mom was thinking. Like was I going to wear this when all of my Smashing Pumpkins or James Addiction t-shirts were in the wash? Was my sister going to wear hers to complete her Winona Ryder look? My mom couldn't help but laughing along with us even though I know she was disappointed. And her response was the most mom thing a mom can say. I thought that's what all the kids were wearing nowadays. Well valuable lessons were learned that Christmas morning. Learn to control your Christmas giggles and never give tie-dye as a gift. Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California, by yours truly, Brian Earl. Thanks so much to Deanna Golden, and thanks also to Tiffany Houghton. You heard her song Mrs. Claus in this episode, which she released last year with Tiffany Alvord. You can actually find two different versions of that song on YouTube, or check the show notes for this episode for a link. I'll also put a link to iBurbs in the show notes. And come on by christmaspast.media for more Christmas fun, like articles, quizzes, infographics, and more. Let's stay connected for the rest of the Christmas season and beyond. You can reach me anytime at christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com or connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join the private Christmas Past Facebook group if you haven't yet. And hey, if you're feeling the Christmas spirit, why not help more people discover this show? It's as easy as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do leave a review, I'll send you a Christmas past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card as my way of saying thanks. Get in touch for details on that. The Christmas season is growing shorter and I hope you've enjoyed every minute of it so far, and I'm looking forward to spending the rest of it with you together. Until we meet again, stay safe and healthy, look out for one another, and may your days be merry and bright.